Life Baptist preaching, where we grow disciples, we grow relationships, and we grow in Jesus Christ. This series is entitled, On the Christian Life. Studying the book of 1 John, we are taught what should and should not be included in the Christian life. We hope that you join us here each Lord's Day, and you can subscribe so that you don't miss a single Sunday. So this morning we're in 1 John chapter 4, as we learn on the Christian life, this morning we're exhorted to test the spirits. Uh, indeed, there are many false prophets and it is our task to test everything. To test everything to see if it is of God so the main point of our message this morning is that the Christian is fully equipped against false religion. We are fully equipped. We have all that we need to guard ourselves against false religion. And so we are in 1 John chapter 4 and we will be reading from the first six verses if you've had a chance to get there in your copy of God's Word, I invite you to stand as we honor the reading of it. This is the Word of the Lord through John. Beloved, believe, it, believe not every spirit but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. But we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Father, you give to us your truth in your word this morning. Lord, we have your word and we have your spirit that testifies to this word. Lord, and you guard us from error and we pray that is the purpose that you meet this morning. Lord, that you would engage with us on that level, on that spiritual level, that we might know and test what we're hearing this morning. Lord, that we would hear the word of truth and accept it. 
Lord, that we would be placed on guard against all that is not true, all that does not check out according to your word. Father, I pray that you guard our hearts, that you strengthen the saints here at New Life Baptist Church. Lord, that this word goes forward through us and with us. Lord, that that is the word that would be preached with full accuracy, that our words may be tested and checked out against Scripture as we raise our children in the love and admonition of the Lord, as we evangelize the lost of our community. Lord, as we engage with our own sinful hearts, Lord, that we would be perfected according to your word. And so, Father, I pray that you teach us this morning by your word to test the spirits where there are many winds of doctrine blowing about in our midst. And Lord, that we'd be glorified. You would be glorified in us, in you. Because of all this that you have done through your word, Jesus Christ, in his name we pray, amen. Beloved, loved ones of God, believe not every spirit. If only we could make a list of all that, that claims, that makes claims upon our affections all the desires of our heart, all that which captivates our attention, all that that demands our allegiance. We're surrounded. We're hemmed in with endless claims, endless temptations away from this word of God. But John calls us away from all of that and he shares what all the other apostles teach us in God's word. If you're a note taker, I'll be giving a number of scriptures this morning. This is the tool that you're going to find protects us against all of these spirits is God's Word, and so we want to utilize this sword of God's Word well. The first of which I want to draw your attention to is Ephesians 4.14. Paul gives us this same message guarding us against all of these spirits that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Satan's literally called the deceiver in Scripture. There are a number of winds of doctrine blowing about, seeking our attention, our affections, calling us away from, craftily away from, the Word of God. 
We must test them. We have to test all of these winds of doctrine. Doctrine just means teaching. There's so many that are willing to teach us and it is our job as Christians to test those spirit. And so there stands a question, are you testing them? As all of these things and, and propositions are brought to us, all of those that interpret for us the world and all that is in it, all of those that present to us new philosophies, all of those that seek to explain God's word to us, do you test them? Are you testing what you're hearing right now? And what are you testing them against? What do you have to know whether or not what I say is true? And when you find that source of truth, does it check out? Are you coming again to God's word and seeing? Is in fact this spirit true? This philosophy, this preaching. And so what we should realize first is Christians are judges of truth. We are not the arbiters of truth. We're the possessors of truth. We have truth in our possession. We have this Word of God. It has been given to us. This is the way which we must test every spirit. It's what John says. Don't believe every spirit. All truths are not equal according to Scripture. We test them. We test them by the Word of God. And the way in which he gives us this predicament that lies before us, we cannot believe every spirit. So now we have to distinguish between what is true and what is false. John goes immediately, he says, you must test whether it's of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We have to distinguish between prophets and false prophets. What is it that makes a prophet? If a prophet is merely one who tells the future, I would venture to say there's not many of us who, who can tell the future here today. Um, and yet... If you cannot tell the future, that does not make you a false prophet. We're not a church full of false prophets. But we have those that are true. That are truth tellers. That tell the truth of God's word as it has been given to them. And those that claim to tell the truth of God's word and yet they lie.
This has been the case throughout God's Word. You might note Jeremiah 29, verse 8 and 9. Jeremiah 29, 8 and 9. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams which he calls to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. There are those that call themselves prophets that claim to speak on behalf of God. And yet they lie. They claim to hold God's Word. They claim to give you God's Word, and yet they do not. So as Christians, we are called to judge the prophet. We test what the prophet says. How must we do it? I think Paul helps us again. For this, you might look to 1 Corinthians 14.29. Paul says, let the prophets speak, two or three, and let the others judge. Christians judge the word of the prophets. They judge the word of the prophets. How do we do it? By the word of truth. The church at Ephesus was congratulated in Revelation whenever the risen and glorified Jesus Christ writes to them in Revelation 2.2, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. And listen to this church. How thou canst, canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. How many today call themselves apostles? How many today call themselves prophets, speakers of God's Word. How many today enter the pulpit and give their congregations lies? Christians, you must be a judge of the Word of God that's given to you. You have the truth. You have it. Each one of you that have a Bible in your hand, you have the Word of God to judge it. Otherwise, what will you judge it by? How can you know? If you're not going by the Word of God, you are going by every wind of doctrine. You're going by what validates your emotions or your actions and your sin? How foolish. Do you go by what seems right to the most within a wicked and fallen culture? How foolish. 
Do you compare the philosophies of men according to your own pitiful, worldly enlightenment? Or do we judge every wind of doctrine and every spirit that comes before us according to the word of truth that has been put within you? John has already spoken to this. For that spirit of truth dwells within each one who is called of God. Paul writes to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. You see, you have all that you need to test these spirits. You have all that you need to be fully equipped against false religion. There's no way for you as a Christian to be deceived when you possess the truth of God's Word. Paul says elsewhere, if anyone gives you a message that's not already been given to you. If angels, if even we, if I who stand in this pulpit give you anything other than the Gospel, this Word of God, you hold in your hands, it is anathema, it's cast out. We hold fast that which is good. This Word of God. Christian, you must be a judge of truth. The reason for this is, is that this doctrine that you hold, this teaching that's already been given to you in the Holy Scriptures, doctrine protects the truth that redeems. Listen to how Peter describes false prophets. This comes from 2 Peter 2, 1-3. through But there were false prophets among the people, also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. That's strong language. Damnable heresies. Even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And though covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. You see, these false prophets seek your souls. They seek to snatch away that seed of the Word of God. They seek to choke out the fruit that this Word of God might bear. 
in the life of a believer. And it leads to damnation. So this false prophet, should you not judge, should you say doctrine divides, if you seek not the Word of God, this truth, this Word of God that gives us the entire plan of redemption of God for His people, it's lost. Will you sell your birthright for a cup of soup? And so we discern the prophet, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, again, if you're noting these, 1 Corinthians 14.37, if any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. If the person speaks to you regarding the word of God and yet doesn't check out with scripture yes the bible says this but i say to you christian we need no other truth we need no other truth there are so many right now who call themselves prophets who claim to know the way of the lord and they say listen i don't need your bible I don't need the command. You don't need to teach your children these commands. Maybe you'll be called legalists or cultish or some other thing. Friend, there is no other word of God that is to be given. So the true prophet is the one who brings to you this command that has been given. This is all we have to preach is God's word. I have no special stories to give you that will help your soul. The one who speaks truth abides in God's word. Do you recall that from all that John has taught us in the weeks past? The preacher who loves you, the preacher who cares for your soul, they are going to point you to Scripture. The counselor of your troubles is going to point you to Scripture. The husband that loves you is going to point you to Scripture and wash you daily in the water with the Word. The parent that loves you is going to draw you to God's Word. The child that is obedient is only so to the parent that does according to this Word. And yet the one who despises God's word is himself despised of God. A 
Folks, we need to be a people of God's word. John goes on as he makes us judges of this word and he, and he seeks for us to protect this because in this word holds this plan of redemption. And he goes on to give an example. He says, here's how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. That is to say, Jesus is both fully man and fully God. This is one such doctrine that we must protect. And frankly, we could say that the great portion of all of this teaching hinges on, on these two realities. These must be true to satisfy both our punishment for sin and our imputed righteousness. Was it true when you sang of this glorious truth that my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross to pay for it no more? Not in part, but the whole. If He is anything less than fully God and fully man, that's not true, Christian. It is these realities that John draws us to as example of this detestable false prophecy that is given against the true word of God. It's upon these two realities that enable the resurrection that Paul calls the crux of our faith. If the resurrection is not true, we are most pitiful among all men. Jesus came in the flesh and yet is of God. Think of how many ways the world seeks to reduce our Savior. Jesus was not simply a good man. Jesus was not a social justice warrior. He is not one who seeks to overthrow social constructs, nor is Jesus a cultural warrior. It merely wants to set up the older culture. No, He is the God-man. The Anointed One. The One who lived the perfect life and died the death you deserve and made atonement for your sins. He's the fullest revelation of God. He is the Word of God by whom God upholds all things. By the word of his power. This is the Christ of Scripture. He's our everything. He was not merely a temporal example, but he was not some spiritual metaphor either. 
Christian, you need the full Jesus Christ. You need the whole Christ. You need all of him. And that Christ, beloved, is in this scripture. And if you don't have that Christ, friend, that's not a Christ that saves. If you have a Christ that does not fulfill for you the law of God, you don't have the Christ that redeems. And yet if we come to the Christ who gives us His command, if He's left anything, anything for you to do, any works of endless penance, It's not the Christ of Scripture. He has paid your sin. It is forgiven, not in part, but in the whole. This is the truth that saves. This is how we must judge every spirit. This is why we as Christians speak truth by the Spirit. He tells us, you're of God, little children. You are of God. You are of this Spirit. And you have overcome them. You have overcome all of these false prophets. You've overcome all of the truths that have competed with this one truth, the one who is truth. You have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. John himself writes in his gospel, John 8, 31 and 32, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you continue in God's word? Do we go to preachers and pastors who, who counsel you from the Word of God and they give to you the full counsel of God's Word? Are we as Christians steeped in the Word of God that we might be prepared in season, out of season? You must be in God's Word or you will never test these spirits. You will never behold that which redeems the whole of man. John guards our hearts from any pragmatic, helpful concerns or, or, or the seven steps to a healthy or growing church. He holds us and, uh, and guards us against this. And He says, they're of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. We're of God. He that knoweth God hears us. He that's not of God heareth not us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The elect of God will listen to the truth of God's Word. The sheep of God will hear their shepherd's voice. This is the litmus test. 
I don't care how many people come to church. I don't care, I don't care how many people applaud the words of, of, of some profound speaker in a building called a church. Do they hear? Do they speak this word of God? We are both commanded to teach and we're commissioned to teach. In our evangelism, our gospel is to teach these things diligently. What things? These things. These things is what we teach. All of these things that Christ has taught who fulfills the law and the gospel. Those who will be saved will accept the truth that is given in Scripture. If you give me a truth apart from Scripture, it better check out in the Scripture or else it does not save But the one who accepts this truth of the scripture will be saved indeed. Those hearts, those whose hearts are hardened, they will reject our message. They will reject this message that's been given from the beginning, that's been entrusted to these apostles and to all of the church of Jesus Christ, they'll reject this message. What John takes for granted in this is that you're, you're teaching and you're preaching this message. So often, we act as if God will save apart from the message. So often, people act as if people will make the right choices on their own. And yet here we've got a message. A true message or a false message. The world will listen to the world and will hate the truth and they will hate those who tell the truth get that through your get that through your mind right now we live in a culture that denies truth we are in an era that hates truth that despises truth and if you do what John beckons us to do this morning, you will be hated by the world. And yet, by the Word of God that you speak, that you teach in the home, that you wash your spouse in, and that we edify one another within this body of Christ, you will see new life. You will see dead men raised. 
and you'll be hated for it simultaneously. Not one or the other. You will not be hated by men or loved by men. You, you will be hated by the world and you will see dead men raised to life. You will experience the love of God in this word that we have from the beginning. God preserves us by this truth of his word. He enlightens us to know those who are his by seeing who accepts this word and who rejects it. You see, it's not my job to preach souls into heaven or condemn them to hell. All I have is this truth right here. Should you accept this truth, whether hard, whether easy, whether we rejoice in, whether we lament our sin, whatever this word has to say, if you accept it, brother and sister, we're beloved of God. We're one. You're restored. You're sustained. You're forgiven. You're sanctified and preserved. And eventually you'll be glorified. And it will be by this word, the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the word incarnate. And who, who gives this message to his apostles and to all of his church. And yet, friend, if you reject this word, if I preach from this word, if I check out and you say, that's what the word says, but I don't like it. Friend, the burden's on you. The full burden of your sin. It's left on you. I have no judgments to make. That, friends, is the judgment of God. We hear the same message of John who says that God loved the world, that whoever believed in the Son was given eternal life. But if you do not, if you do not believe in this Word or on the One who was the Word incarnate who suffered and died on the cross and was raised again, it's a living Word. If you don't believe that, the judgment of God rests on you. You are already condemned. Friend, we have everything we need in this Word of God. You should test everything that your pastors say. And what I think you'll find is they will be preaching this Word to you. When you hear someone call themselves a prophet of God who's been given new revelation, that man is a fool and to be rejected. The one who calls themselves an apostle is for one explicitly rejected in Scripture. If the one calls themselves a prophet, if they speak on behalf of God's words, what will they do? They will affirm what these apostles have given us as the command of God. So there are a number of things that we walk away with this morning. First, if you don't know this, if you're new to this Scripture, if you're not fully invested in this Word of God and you've thought, well, there were certain things that I could do or I've had other, heard other people speak quite eloquently that disagree with what you're saying, friend, there's, there's something before you this morning and that is to accept this full message of God's Word that you have heard. 
It's the only message that redeems. There's nothing for you to do. There's nothing that you can accomplish within society, within culture, within, within your uh, obedience or, or your, your endless walk or, or, or your own works or deeds. There's nothing you can do. But you must rely on this Word of God through Jesus Christ. And yet when you rely on this Word, it does not mean that He seasons your life. It changes everything. That we come to love the law that we so despise that brought us death. We come to love it because now it's been perfectly fulfilled in Christ and that's been given to us and it grants us new life. The name that this church has taken is its name. And if you believe in that, it's not that you take the name of New Life Baptist Church, but you take the name of the Most High. The name that only He can utter. And it is given to you as a seal upon your forehead and your salvation is guaranteed. That is the message that this Word says. And it isn't outside the Bible. If you tell me I'm a Christian, but I don't need this Bible, you're not a Christian. This is our sole authority. There's another petition to you this morning. And that is as a judge. As one who knows this Word, you've accepted it. You've been granted new life. You have this Savior. You know the Word of God. Now it's time for you to start putting on trial all of these men that have, you've surrounded yourself with. Who are you letting speak into your life? Who are these influences? Who are those that speak to you? Are they speaking to you from the Word of God? Are they speaking to you from some long-held tradition? Are they speaking to you this Word that grants life, that, that closes bones with flesh? Or are they speaking to you from their own learned mind? Are they speaking to you from the philosophies of men? Are they speaking to you from what sounds good and practical, from some relevant message for today? You need to test these spirits. And in order to do that, you have to be in this Word of God. How long? How long will you leave your Bible on the shelf? How long will you allow yourself to read it silently? Instead of raising your, your children in the love and admonition of the Lord, and how long will you keep from washing your wife daily in the water with the Word? Will you not be in this Word? Will you not read it aloud each day? That's the only tool that you have. It's what Paul guards the Ephesians, the ones who tested all these truths. We're told they guard themselves with the full armor of God and their loins are girded about with truth. The most delicate and vulnerable of their parts are surrounded in truth. It is what you have. There is a third petition in this. What is the message that you have? What are people hearing from you? Are we raising 
people to, to showcase a pattern of behaviors. Or are we raising them in new life? How are we shepherding our children? Is it repentance and life unto salvation by faith through Jesus Christ alone? Or does it act this way and die? Surely they will. Their works are not good enough. Are you preaching to someone that, that we all get there or that it just doesn't matter, Christ is enough and, and you're abandoning that commandment that's been given to us through the Lord and through the apostles, the foundation with Christ as the cornerstone? Otherwise, you're not speaking this word. It doesn't check out. Maybe you don't check out this morning. Whether you've had these other influences or something else, how will you train yourself to speak the Word of God? It's right here. You see, this is the Word that makes us alive. It is the Word that guards our hearts and it is the Word that trains us for ministry in this glorious body of Christ. Friends, we need this Word of God. Read your Bibles. Read them aloud. Let us help you understand that. That's all that we're doing. So many of the conversations that I have on a normal basis have so much to do with what is already what we're trying to do together as a church on Sunday nights, on Wednesday nights, in Sunday school. We, we, we approach all of these things. There's nothing off limits because this Word of God handles them all. Father, we come to You. And Lord, we praise You and we thank You that You have given us Your Word. Lord, there is a true Word, a true Word by which everything was created. A true Word that You've given us in Your law, the, the true standard of justice that we so desire and we see thwarted among corruptible governments of men. Lord, we see this Word given again to us through the prophets who speak to us and guard our souls even against those who are false prophets. And Lord, we see that this Word that redeems our soul came in the flesh. He came in the flesh and He satisfied all of the Word that You gave before Lord, and He died under the weight of our own sin. Lord, in this Word, being the one from old was raised and He gives to us a Word of life. A Word of life that is preserved in this record that we have from the foundation of his apostles and Lord, this is the word that you write on our hearts and you promise from the prophets of old, you write this word on our hearts and this is the spirit you've given to every saint here 
And so we love your law. We love your word. And Lord, we are drawn to it this morning. God, that your word, these scriptures that you have preserved against every attack for centuries. Lord, now you speak it aloud from our pulpits. Every pulpit who rightly speaks on behalf of God. And in every home who guards their families by this sword of truth. God, let us be a people of your word. Let us study it and know it. Let it be written on our hearts and be on our mouths constantly. Even as we lift up praises from your own word that we might glorify our God in heaven. And the word is seated at the right hand for eternity. We have only you to praise only you to thank for life, for preservation, for sanctification, Lord. And as we look forward to what you will make us as we constantly have this word before us. Lord, we ask this in the name of that one, Jesus Christ. Amen. for listening to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow disciples, we grow relationships, and we grow in Jesus Christ. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single Sunday. <laughs>